1: yourself I got an interesting email this week he says thank you for taking my email in question my girlfriend and I listen to you on the radio and she respects your opinion as I do so here's the question I've been separated for nine months I'm working on a divorce is it okay to date I believe it is but she's not comfortable with being around people who know my divorce is not final. Can you help? He kind of answered it when, when he
0: said he did, he answered it. His girlfriend isn't comfortable. He's not divorced, and therefore you have to close the chapter before you open another one. Now granted, I am talking to my listeners and I'm if we were going to, oh, Paul, this community, this culture, whole well, darn world, more people start things before they end things. And that's one of the problems. That's why we have so many issues. Hi, I'm Carol the Sheep. As you can tell, I'm losing my voice. And that does not happen often, I have to believe. It has something to do with the pollen in the air. So I told my next guest, I am out of commission, and she said, no problem. I'll do all the talking. So that being said, I'm really looking forward to, I'm looking forward to talking about the porn solution. You know, there is no doubt about it, Dr. Shockhart really does a good job of, explaining why porn can be so devastating. And she's written this porn solution. And the fact is, it's about relationship repair after pornography. And that's what we would look for. You know, we, in so many of the sexual addiction communities, that porn is a problem. It is a gateway. Uh, it is objectifying men, women, children, whoever. And it opens up the world to bigger and worse things. So we see porn as a real problem, and we're going to be talking to her about what what a listener can do if his or her partner is using porn compulsively. Okay, now I want to tell you I'm really excited because I have an IRCAM workshop. And, you know, when I have an urban workshop, it means that, gosh, seven couples, and I'll take them for a day, and we will really talk about the important pieces of empathy and communication and relationship skills, and that is on July 14th, from 10 to 5 Eastern Standard Time. Yes, it means you have to take off a Friday. But isn't your relationship with it? If you want more information on that, just go to www.sexhelpwithcarolcoach.com. It'll flip right into Help Them Heal. And then look for the tab that says Workshops and Training. My voice will be backed by them. Oh, I know it will be. I've done nothing but nonstop talking for the whole weekend. And I hope you had a good weekend, But No matter where you're at, you know, the beautiful thing about listening to podcasts is that we're talking to people all over the world. And that's what we want to do. We want to educate. We want to inform. And more than anything, we want to inspire. So, I am excited to be working and helping people to heal. You know, I've made it my mission. Can't talk about it strongly enough that really, no matter what the sexual compulsivity, you too can figure out a way with the help of individuals that are trained in this field, to get healthier. And Dr. Sandra Shahar is one of them. And any individual at appsats can really help you with partner sensitivity. And IPAP, the organization that certifies um, CSAPS. You know, those are certified sex addiction therapists. They can help you. But you don't want to just go to anybody because you'll end up experiencing treatment, and trauma-induced issues. You know, there's no doubt about it that when you go to somebody who's ill-informed, they'll traumatize you further, whether you're the addict or the partner. So please go to the right people. And I say, you know, you may have spent a lot of money on porn. You may have spent a lot of money on transactional sex workers, um, affair partners, put some money into your treatment and make it all about getting healthy. Now, I have forever wanted this show to be really a call show, but we don't have anybody who can screen the callers. I used to have a drive-time show, and I had a producer who screened, uh, screened my callers. And there's something about when you talk about sex addiction, because it has the word sex in it, well, ultimately what happens is that you get pranked, and we don't want that happening either. So if you have a question, email it to me at carolcoach.com, and I will address it the next week, and I'll let you know when I'm addressing it so that you can listen in and get some of your questions answered. You can't beat that, that's for sure. Why? Because you're going to a specialist and you're getting free help. It doesn't get better than that. You know, right now, I'm training professionals how to do Help Her Heal and run groups because that's been so effective.
1: I have a group,
0: and I have about, 30 colleagues that have taken my training and they're on my website so if you want to see if there's anybody in your state that runs face-to-face or virtual groups again go to Help Them Heal and find them and um, I'm doing some heal workshops where I'm actually training professionals how to help you help each other heal fear from way Right, You remember, ERCOM stands for the Early Recovery Couples Empathy Model. And that's when we teach you the relational skills to be able to work together and get through this porn addiction, to get through this sex addiction, and get over there to post-traumatic growth. That's what counts. So again, if you have anything you need, you know, I'm trying to lean into retirement, and it is not working very well. But what I do know is that asking me questions all over the world. How do I get to somebody who's certified? Who do you know that works in New Mexico? Is there anybody over there in Australia? Naturally, the answers to all three are yes, yes, and yes. So, if you've done your due diligence to try to figure out how you can look up in the AppSets directory a partner sensitive therapist I'll go out, I'll put it back for you I'll see what we can find out because really it's all about you, you whether you're an addict, you whether you're a partner, or you whether you are, as you well know, a couple that's in deep need of some help okay Now let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Sandra uh, Shahar. You know, I don't even think I pronounced it right then. Shahar. Dr. Shahar is a licensed psychologist in private practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And she has 30 years of clinical experience working with individuals and couples. Her niche is Betrayal. She works with couples and individuals in betrayal and intimate relationships. And she's a certified Imago relationship therapist and a certified clinical partner specialist with the Association for Partnership Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists. That's excellent. That is a mouthful. Um, she's a member of the American Psychological Association. She's just got all sorts of accreditations and affiliations. What I really think is wonderful is she is authorized to provide telepsychology in over 30 states. And so if you like what you hear today and you want more, first you get her book. And um, then what you do is you can contact her directly at her website, which is Dr. Sandra, S-A-N-D-R-A, Shahar, Shahar, welcome to Sex Health with Carol the Coach. How are you today?
2: Thanks, Carol. Well, I'm doing well, and I'm so glad to see you in person, well, virtually in person. It's been been
0: a while since we got to see each other, so it's a real delight and an honor. Oh, well, thank you. You know, we have been in many trainings together, and from the first day I met you, you said, I am writing a book or I am going to write a book. And this book is so well written. You know, you can tell you wrote it with your heart, but you read it with the understanding that people wouldn't necessarily know where to turn. So can you tell me what what put you in the place where you said, I'm going to write about a porn solution?
2: Well, I do uh, really have a very personal connection to a subject I know is near and dear to both our hearts, and that is betrayal trauma. So, my early life experience was that I was literally born to heal betrayal. My uh, parents were in a a crisis of infidelity. My dad had been having a years-long affair, and my parents decided that having a fourth child would help their marriage. So I was born into a relationship that did not survive, but I grew up with a single parent mom who had uh, been uh, a, a survivor of betrayal trauma. And from the very beginning, I didn't fully understand, of course, as a child, but looking back now, I have a different understanding of why my mom struggled in ways that she did and what resilience and courage it took for her to be able to move forward in her life. And sadly, their relationship did not survive. Um, But I began in my career as a psychologist to see early on that I had a real interest in and passion for all things related to human sexuality and intimate relationships. So in my clinical practice for many years I have worked with couples and um, more recently, and I think this, this has grown out of some personal experiences sometimes I share with couples, you know, I've been on both sides of betrayal. I have been a betrayer in an intimate relationship, and I have been betrayed in an intimate relationship. I know that there is pain on both sides. And in many cases, especially without help, the relationships struggle and all, sometimes do not survive. And the chances are so much better if the couple can be supported. Each individual member can be supported with compassion and understanding and their relationship can be supported. So often people are turning to friends or um, even helping professionals, seeking some kind of um, understanding Support and just not finding that, and sadly, looking back on my uh, 30 plus years of being a clinician, I also was missing the understanding of betrayal in relationships, um, particularly when it came to pornography use. So I am finding that in the the individual betrayed partners that I work with, I don't work individually with. That folks who've had the betraying behavior, or as, you know, sometimes this um, extends to compulsive sexual behavior or sex addiction. Um, That's not my training and area of expertise, so I refer to colleagues like certified sex addiction therapists, such as yourself, and other of my colleagues when that's the case. But I wanted to... um, help not only myself but other clinicians be aware that um, pornography betrayal is betrayal and it affects
0: betrayed partners and their relationships in some very particular ways. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And so it's like your own personal experience led you to this field as so many people have decided to do sex addiction or partner betrayal. But you've also had the gift of being able to put couples back together. And that's what I think is so wonderful about this book because it really is a well-written guide, if you will, on how do you deal with discovery? How do you deal with your feelings? How do you deal with boundaries? Um, What kind of communication do you use? Do you even give examples from people that are, they're working through this problem and they're stalemating. And if they use specific formulas, they do a lot better at communicating with one another. So I'm going to ask you, who do you believe this audience is for?
2: Well, I think there actually are three audiences that I'm
0: addressing
2: all at the same time. One is the person who has the discovery of the hidden behavior. And a betrayal is anything that I didn't know about my intimate partner that I would care about. So I sometimes say to folks, if you're not sure or if there's any doubt in your mind about whether something that you're doing, whether it's having lunch with a colleague or viewing pornography, if you are at all in doubt about whether or not your partner is okay with this, just ask them and they will tell you. So it's anything that I didn't know about you and that it would matter to me if I did. So the first audience is the betrayed partner who has discovery And it is having to discover something, uncover something, or find, seek and find information that was not freely given to me. I mean, one of our ADSAT's colleagues first uh, shared a saying with me that information that is freely given is trust building, but information that is taken or has to be discovered, or only if I ask exactly the right question that's trust breaking mm-hmm. so anything that constitutes deceit lying hiding information is a betrayal no matter the form whether it's financial or it is viewing pornography or if it's having sex with other people or emotional uh, connections with other people that i've not shared with my partner so that's the audience one the second audience is the person who has engaged in the behavior that constitutes betrayal. And for that person, they often feel that they're in a position of having to defend or justify their behavior, and they're at a loss as to how to save their relationship. How do I help my partner and help our relationship move forward? And I often hear this, you know, I wish we could just get over this. I wish we could just get past that. The third audience really is the relationship. I'm often saying to couples, there's you, there's me, and then there's our relationship, and that's its own thing. And the relationship is damaged by the huge disconnect that happens when betrayal is known. So these three pieces, it's to create compassion and understanding for all three of these aspects of what brings people to seek help for betrayal.
0: Well, that really does a good job of delineating the three types of readers that you might have. And, you know, this book has been out how long?
2: Oh, a week.
0: (laughs) A week. (laughs) It's very new. And, And how can people get your
2: book? Well, it's available through the publisher, Sano.com, Sano Press. It's also available on Amazon in a paperback or Kindle version. So uh, hopefully pretty accessible to most folks.
0: Absolutely. And the full name of the book is The Porn Solution, Relationship Repair After Pornography Betrayal. Um, Now, you say that there are some common mistakes that couples make after betrayal is discovered. Can you go over some of those?
2: Well, I can, and some of them are on the individual side, so let's start with the partner. Okay. Um, So partners who have been betrayed often are very resilient, high-functioning, intelligent, competent, courageous individuals who have forged a path in their life that is um, noteworthy. And they're, they're used to taking care of things. And one of the things I often have to say to um, very high-functioning, uh, we-can-do-this partners who tend to be, in my clinical practice, predominantly women. I do want to say that betrayal respects no gender, identity, race, socioeconomic status it really doesn't cure it. It affects um, every type of couple. Um, but predominantly the people who seek help uh, tend to be women. And predominantly, in this case with pornography use, their partners are male. However, you know, any anyone with any gendered pronouns can um, relate to what I'm sharing. So betrayed partners tend to want to approach life as a DIY project. I can do this. Google is my best friend. I can figure it out. And also tend to turn toward friends, close family members, and receive um, well-meaning advice, our Western civilization tends to give the message that if someone has done you wrong, you should leave. And that um, often I hear from my individual partners, uh, I used to think If someone did this to me, I would not stay with them. I would absolutely leave this relationship. And uh, for some people, that turns out to be the right decision for them. I, I don't think any of us get to tell or judge a partner, whether they should or should not stay in a relationship. It's ultimately up to them to decide. But making that decision or... Seeking advice from people who have not been in your shoes or don't have some resources to offer to help move you forward is often, turns out to be something that they wish they had not done. So that's a common mistake is believing I can figure this out on my own or I can turn to some friends or folks who can advise me in this way. For the The person who's engaged in the betrayal behavior, the tendency is to want to justify or um, somehow explain their behavior, and this can go toward minimizing uh, what already gets minimized culturally. Well, it's pornography. You didn't actually cheat on your partner because this wasn't with someone else, and by the way, everyone does this. Everyone I know has seen pornography or uses pornography. Some couples watch pornography together. What's the big deal? But we know from clinical experience and from some limited research, the impact that this has on partners, which is very damaging for their self-esteem, their self-image as an intimate sexual partner. Um, So feeling less than and already minimized to have your partner further minimize your pain. And I'm, I'm working often with the person with the betrayal behavior to not justify what they did or try to um, rationalize this in any way. But that, it's it, that is a whole piece of mindset. So we're, we're looking at changing some mindset, some internal mind states. And um, the third piece is not getting help sooner for your relationship. By the time couples show up in my office, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, Carol, they are struggling, they are exhausted, they've been having the same conversations, sometimes well into the night, many nights, and it doesn't seem to be helping or moving them forward. So not getting help soon enough, Not turning to um, already existing resources, which many people don't realize exist. I've created an extensive listing of all kinds of resources, including books that you've written, our colleagues have written, websites that are available, um, support and recovery groups to help the individuals and them as a couple. So those are some common mistakes I see
0: yeah absolutely and what what has been the response from our professional organization? because I know that there has been because of the oh, it's just porn philosophy, there is not a lot of um, emphasis on the fact that it really is objectification, which is at the heart of partner betrayal. And in addition, it oftentimes looks like a gateway to other things as the addiction progresses. So what has the response been from the professional community, especially APSATS? Response from APSATS,
2: from uh, SASH, the Society for the Advancement of Sexual Health, these more um, addiction and trauma-informed organizations has been highly supportive. And we have a lot of research to support the the impact that pornography has, especially with streaming. On the internet, it is now available 24 seven, so it's highly accessible. It's not well-regulated. And young people, we know that pornography has been um, viewed by children as early as age five Most, the research is, um, which I include in my book, that most adolescents by the time they're 14 have viewed pornography. Some are seeing pornography regularly. And this creates a very distorted view of what a human intimate connection, sexual connection, consists of. It's not relational in pornography. It's transactional. So... It also, as we're learning from the research, does affect the brain. So we have research um, using uh, MRIs, these uh, resonance imaging of the brain, and we see that uh, pornography lights up the same areas of the brain as it does for cocaine addicts, and that um, chronic use of pornography In healthy males who are not um, diagnosed with sex addiction, but when um, they had MRIs and were asked about the frequency of their pornography use, um, the more extensive the pornography, the more habitual the pornography use, the smaller an area of the brain called the caudate nucleus is, And so it actually does shrink some parts of the brain that impact our ability to um, have motivation, to have empathic connection, um, affects behavior, and may figure into some things like compulsivity and even ADHD. So we're beginning to, to have an accumulation Quite, quite a large body of evidence of the impact that pornography has on the brain. And as you referenced, it keeps um, the affected partner, the partner who's viewing pornography from being able to be fully present with their real life partner. And that's the goal in the couple's work is to be able to rewire the brain. You've probably heard the phrase, well, "What fires together, wires Wires together. together. Absolutely. So we want to lay down some new neural pathways that enable the couple to be more intimately, deeply connected with each other. And that's
0: the work in, in the couple's repair. That makes a lot of sense. And so in some ways, when I was reading your book, I realized that the book was written for the partner, but it also was written for the betrayer. And, yeah, and that's why I think it's so helpful. It reminded me of, I hope that you, you don't feel that this is um, in any way an insult, but it's the Bible on infidelity, um, after the Affair, written by
2: yes. um, Janice
0: Abrams. Right. And then she writes about forgiveness. And, I mean, she's just a master... Infidelity, and I loved it because it was so non-judgmental. It was so informative. It was so helpful, and it really gave step-by-step instructions on what you could do to get through the crisis, to get the truth, and to get over there to what I call post-traumatic growth. So, as you as you're talking about your book, I'm wondering if um, you are able to. Um, generate things that you might do based on this book? Like, do you think you'll ever do any workshops? Or do you believe that you'll have some groups specifically for this issue? Has your mind been creative lately? Yes. Yeah.
2: Well, it's my hope to be able to do that. So I'm so glad that you used the word non judgmental. That's my approach in writing the book. It's not a judgment of. Using pornography, um, any kind of moral or ethical issues are not addressed in the book because it's not the focus. The focus is on having non-judgmental compassion, both for betrayed partners. I do hope that clinicians read the book um, who are not betrayal trauma informed, because when the betrayed partners and the their um, their their partner who's had the betrayal behavior come into a couple's therapist's office, it is really important to hold the space for the betrayed partner to not be them, their best selves. They're deeply wounded, often very angry, and it, it makes sense from a trauma lens. So having also non-judgment for the betraying partner who has become habituated the brain wants what the brain wants and i often say this is a brain thing Mm -hmm. it's not a willpower
0: thing it's not a morality thing it's It's not about your genitals it's about your brain
2: that's absolutely right it Mm -hmm. is about the brain so
0: this is a big mindset
2: shift also for individuals and couples to come to and i love Um, the Imago approach to working with couples. So um, it was so helpful to my um, husband and I when we met with an Imago therapist who taught us how to deeply listen and mirror with one another. And as I became more informed about betrayal trauma, I realized what an amazing tool mirroring dialogue is for repair of betrayal trauma because it, it allows the partners to engage with each other in a very safe and non-judgmental way. And it doesn't mean that they don't have emotions and can't express emotions, but we do it in a very safe and structured way. I'm often saying to the betraying partner that you become a healing partner in this process. By staying present with your partner and you don't have to like what they say, you don't have to agree with what they say, you don't have to fix or change what they're saying, their experiences. You just need to get it and you need to let them know what you get about this. And that's acknowledgement that I I caused this pain for you. I do have regret and remorse about that. Those are appropriate emotions to have. And that I it it makes sense to me. I'm validating your experience. I'm acknowledging my responsibility for that. And I also want to be able to let you know when it's my turn to share what I'm doing to work to make sure this doesn't happen again. Because that's the fundamental question that the trade partners have is, how do I know this is not going to happen again? How, how can I have safety with you? Yeah. So in, in the marrying dialogue, we slow everything down. And it, the person, I often say the betraying partner, who becomes the healing partner, you have to have a lifting in the beginning. Ultimately, we want this to be a dialogue between the two of you where you also have a chance to share, as I give an example in my book. But especially when there's a trigger, you just need to be present with your partner and getting their experience, telling them it
0: makes sense,
2: and then creating a place of safety with them.
0: You know, you're singing my tune because that is exactly what Help Them Heal is all about. It's about acknowledging and validating and reassuring and holding space. And in that book, we even talk to you couples in case you don't have aren't lucky enough to have a therapist or a coach, how to learn that yourself. But we really do want you to use experts if you can. So I'm going to ask, it's kind of a loaded question, Cassandra. Sandra, but what do you think, do you think couples can ever recover from betrayal trauma, especially porn betrayal?
2: Well, I do Carol. And the reason I say that is because, as human beings, we have an enormous capacity to change. We used to think that whatever brain matter we were born with, you you use it when you can because this is all you get. And as you age, you're going to lose that gray matter. And we know now that's not the case, that up until people take their last breath of life, we're capable of changing our brains by rewiring and learning how to do things and and see things differently. So by using this very mindful, I'm often saying to couples, this is the biggest mindfulness practice you will ever have. Because we learn how to be intentional, we build good couples' habits, good relational habits with each other, so that we we integrate what happened in the past with our trauma, with the betrayal, into the narrative of us. It becomes part of the story of us. And at the same time, it doesn't define us or our future. I love this image um, which I have on the cover of my book, and I know some of our colleagues have used as well. Um, um, Ambush by the Trail with Michelle Safir and Alan Katz use the image of kintsugi, this Japanese art form of taking a piece of pottery that's broken mm-hmm. and repairing it with beautiful silver or gold that creates something. Stronger, even more resilient, useful and, and beauty comes out of what has been brokenness, so in this state of space of heartbrokenness mm-hmm. that we heal in a way that makes our relationship stronger and more resilient and creates more intimacy, deeper connection and compassion
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you and. Um... I've done some of that artwork, and it, it it is not only beautiful and it's stronger than it was before, but truly, just like a broken bone, where the bone is broken, it grows stronger. And Exactly. We are so hoping that you will run out and get this book. Again, it's amazing, and it's so, so understandable. You've just done a phenomenal job with that. And what I think is that we needed a good book on porn. You know, it just, we've got a lot of stuff on betrayal of other types, so we really need something because it had been so diminished. And um, so you've just done a beautiful job. Is there anything else you want to add either about the book, concepts, or about your services before we end for today? Well, I
2: do want to let listeners know that um, there is hope. That's a key thing to know that as an individual and most importantly as a couple, when both people are doing the work and want to work on themselves and the relationship, there's every reason to be hopeful and optimistic about being able to repair and be stronger than ever. And in terms of um, availability, I, you know, will make myself as available as possible to anyone who reaches out. I try very hard to respond um, in a timely fashion when I have outreach for help, but also um, in my book to avail themselves of the many free resources and low-cost resources like the, the books that you've written help her heal and help them heal the books that are available for the individual partners and um, many of our colleagues who've provided online resources that are free and readily accessible as well as 12-step recovery groups like Anon, Infidelity, Survivors Anonymous for Partners, and the many uh, 12-step recovery groups that are available for um, sexually compulsive or addicted individuals. And I want to put out a special plug for Recovering Couples Anonymous, a wonderful 12-step recovery group for couples. So all of those
0: are available and I hope people will take advantage of that. Yeah, that's very well stated and and certainly, you know, I don't know if you know this, but Help for Heal is now a 12-step group. And I could see Porn Anonymous doing the same thing with your book. It's just that well done. So congratulations. Um, Everybody go out and buy the book. It is just an amazing, you know, what I know is it is absolutely amazing to be able to have a resource that helps you understand that this wasn't a moral issue. It's The Porn Solution relationship repair after pornography betrayal. Thank you so much, Sandra. It's been a pleasure. Thank
2: you, Carol. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. You make it a good day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye. So, as I indicated, there is so much information and literature on so many things, but not necessarily porn addiction. I'm going to do a plug for Drew Boa, definitely does porn recovery, and and I hope so much that he can take the stigma away from this, especially with the church. Okay, I am Carol Jurgensen. She says, I say at the end of every show, there will only be one of you at all times. I want you to fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. Talk to you soon.